Hey, what's up, everyone? This is On Cue with your host, Kwane. Y'all, we are here. Season one, episode one, ready to talk about topics that may have been addressed on the surface, but not in enough detail. These topics include, but will not be limited to, finances, parenthood, spirituality versus religion, and even education. I am thankful for all of you who chose to click to see what this podcast is all about. I hope I leave an impression that will make you curious enough to want to tune in again next week. On Q with Kwane is a weekly podcast that airs every Wednesday at 12.04 p.m. Why 12.04? Because that is your girl's birthday. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast either on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean, or Google Podcasts so you'll be notified when another episode drops. You can also find me on Instagram at On Q with Kwane. I will also be posting content relating to upcoming episodes. So so today with me, I have two guests. They will be reoccurring throughout the season. First, I have my sister, Shanara at Pretty Gorgeous. You want to tell the people hi? Hi, everyone. I have my cousin, which is also like a sister to me. Jasmine, you want to say hey? Hey, y'all. Okay, so I felt like it was very important to have different perspectives on these particular topics that we'll be touching base on. Yeah, me and my sister did grow up in the same household, but we do have different outtakes and different experiences. So that's why I wanted to include multiple people today. So as far as today's topic goes, this episode is titled Love and Happiness, but the topic for today will actually be on love and affection, how it was presented to us as children, how it made us feel, and how it plays into how we love and show affection today. Y'all, it's been a long day. I'm not even going to lie. We were trying to get everything recorded. It was just so frustrating. I literally had to take a step back and uh, reflect and just come back to it. But God, for y'all, we're here. Okay, we are here. So we're currently in my dining room table and we're just going to get right into it. Okay. Okay, so we're just going to start from the beginning. Uh, we're going to talk about our household dynamics first. So ladies, you know, we all know this because we're all related, obviously, but just for the public's sake, did you grow up with one or both parents in your household? Like, what was the dynamic like when it came to, like, your parents? Well, for me, um, I did have a two-parent household. Um, however, I also had my grandmother. So it kind of varied based on, you know, how I grew up. But for the most part, it was a two-parent household. It was a two-parent household. Um for me, I would have to say um, my mom had six kids. Um, I was number five out of six. In the household, it was her. Um, my dad did not live with us. He didn't really talk to my mom like that. Um, yeah, that's kind of what my situation was. Me and Shanara did grow up in the same household, but I let her expound on her personal take on it Shanara so I grew up with um just one parent my mother like Kwane said my father was actually incarcerated so it was my mother and I am six of six you are the baby yes um okay so we kind of have different dynamics here me and Shanara we were both technically in single parent households my dad was involved in my life but he wasn't in the household um, and Jasmine had both parents and she also had her grandmother. Um, so we're going to go to the next 
question. What did love and affection look like to you and your household? How how was it introduced to you guys? <laughs> well, for me, and this may sound strange, but maybe not. Um, I call it dysfunctional functional. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it was love there, mm-hmm. but looking into it, it made me feel like, how do you guys function in this atmosphere? Sometimes it was birds tri- chirping and wind blowing and it's great. And other times it's kind of toxic. So it's kind of like a dysfunctional functional because for them it works. So when you said that there were birds and chirping and stuff, what did that look like? Was there hugging? Was there kissing? Were there exchanges of verbal passion? I love you. You are beautiful. You look nice today, girl. Where you going? I'm going with you. Where are you going? I really appreciate you. Thank you after everything that was done. Like, was that? What was that? So it was definitely words of affirmation. It was definitely quality time. Um, and I, it was a lot of um, support system being shown. So it, why I say dysfunctional, because again, it was a lot of toxic, yeah. but the functional part was there was love there. There was quality, like I said, quality time. There was hands on, you know, um, feeling in touch. But. Um, you know, but you know, there were good times going fishing together, you know, going grocery shopping as a unit. You know, if someone was sick, the others taking care of them, whether they just had an argument the prior day, the prior hour, I'm still making sure you got your meds, you're getting to your doctor's visit. So it was a lot of love there. But then again, being in a household that went through um, alcoholism, that went through drug abuse, that went to what I would say mental illness, having a background in psychology myself, you know, it's a lot of things that played into that dysfunction, but for them, because they love each other, it made it functional. So, you know, for me, I got to see good and bad, um, but it was a lot to pull out of that to, to grow. So those were between the pair of your parents. What about how it was executed to you as a child? Like, was it, Oh, God, totally different. For me, it was love. To me, it was like, despite whatever they got going on, for me, it was love. I'm taken care of. You know, I'm the only child. <laughs> um, So it's kind of like, as y'all know, it's kind of like, you know, there's jazz. So it's just like, it was just me. Um, <laughs> I was, you know, just a little hanging by myself. But I was always loved. I never felt unloved. Uh, of course, there's times of loneliness, times of... um where you feel like you have questions about what's going on as a child, you know, why this or why that. Um, But overall, it's definitely love. It was definitely love. Okay. And, um, well, for me, again, even though me and my sister lived in the same household, love and affection wasn't necessarily a thing. Um, I felt like my mom... She showed love and means of being a protector and being a provider. Um, It wasn't, I love you. She didn't hug me. She didn't so much ask me about my day. I mean, she just, she had to work. And, you know, that's pretty typical of 
single parent household, especially in like the working class or any class lower than that, like you have to work and come home. You, you're focused on supplying for your kids. You're focused on working and just trying to, you know, get through whatever it is you're going through. So she really, you know, for me, I felt like she never really said I love you to me. She never really hugged me, asked me about my day. But there was food on the table. There was a roof over my head. There was clothes on my back. You know, so I felt like she showed that. And, you know, even as a child, I felt like she was a protector. Like no one could do anything to me or any other of my siblings. And honestly, to this day, we're all grown. But if you try it with any six from the oldest on down, you're it's it's a problem. Sis is not really having that. And um, I kind of like that. But then again, you know. I'm grown. So, you know, um, as far as my father is concerned, he was very affectionate. Um, he was kind of the opposite. He, we always greeted each other with a hug and a kiss. He always told me that he loved me. He would ask me questions, but the only difference is I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it. I just didn't feel, um, I didn't feel the love. I just did it out of formality. And I don't know if that was coming from a place where, you know, I'm going from my mom's house to my dad's house. So I felt like I was two different people. I had to adjust subconsciously. Uh, I don't know. I just, he was very affectionate. He told me he loved me. He told me I was beautiful. They all told me on my dad's side that I, how beautiful I am. They definitely brung the words of affirmation, but I just did not feel it, if that made sense. Shanera, what do you think? Do you agree with what we said about mom or um yeah I do mom used to say I love you when we were going places like far away yeah, far far away say, yeah. we would yeah. kind of get a hug then and kind of get that I love you then if we were leaving but on a daily basis no we did not receive that but it was kind of like one of them unspoken things yeah. you knew it was there but yeah. it just wasn't something yeah. that was spoken out loud so but as far as my dad goes he always showed love like but me, it was hard for me to receive it. So I don't really know with him because we're still building that relationship. But um, he's always showed me love, always told me positive things about myself. But it's just one of the things where I'm working towards that. But I wonder what that is, is that. I don't know if it's because we're, since we're literally in that household that we're adjusted to it being shut off so when we do go out with our fathers or interact with our fathers it would be a thing where we're not used there was one point when I was young I don't know if you can agree but saying I love you actually made me feel weird like it actually made me cringe but my friends would be like oh my god I love you Kwane and I'd be like and then they're like you're not gonna say it back it don't mean I don't mean it but like we don't do that we just don't do that it don't mean that we don't but it's just like we don't we don't do that. And again, this is, I did want to just throw in this disclaimer. This is not a blame game. I don't resent none of my parents. I love them both. We talk all the time. There's no beef. We're just saying what it was. I think that part is actually very funny. And, you know, it's, it's funny to see both sides of it. But although, like you say, I felt loved and we did say that I love yous, it did feel weird. Now, what it did do for me is I was more inclined to say I love you to my parents mm -hmm. because they're my parents. Mm -hmm. But for outside people, I never said it. You know, and growing up, like, 
like you know Nara and um they just said when you see other people and they said you love you it's kind of like all right then I'll I'll see you and (laughs) all right see you later it's like I'm out of here like I'm, I'm gone because you understand what love is you you hear it as a word, but you don't get it as an action. Mm-hmm. So it makes it unbalanced in your or mind. Or maybe that's a miscommunication of the love languages. Of the love language. Whoa. But as a child, you need to not only hear it, but feel you it. You have to feel it. And if I don't have that physical touch as a child, I feel like I did something wrong. Like, what's going on? Yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying, and you're bringing me food, and I'm clothed, and yeah. I hear it. But I'm missing my love language, you know, and, and that's it ties in. And we don't at that at that age. But a fun fact, guys, is like we said, we all here grew up together. A fun fact for me is, you know, being in the Lord and getting to know God and wanting to break down that barrier. And I'm sure if you keep tuning in, you'll get to that point of this segment. But um, the first person that I actually said I love you to outside of my household was Nay on the telephone. And we bro- we broke that barrier. I remember that. We broke that barrier. It was like, you know, we don't want to grow up bitter. We don't want to grow up not having love. And I had this little um, this little cat phone. It was like the coolest whole thing that I thought was so cute. And we were talking about that even in like, I want to see we were just starting out in high school or and, and in middle school, entering high school. And we talked about that. And before we hung out, he was like, you know what? Jay, I love you. I was like, Quentin, you know what? I love you really? too. And I, I will never forget that. You, that was like our first time saying it to someone outside the household. At just a little fun fact, guys. We've been in this for a long time. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I said it back. And you know, even the surface things, like I had a friend tell me that he was like, one thing I noticed about you and your family, y'all don't greet each other. So I might call Shanair and be like, Shanair, this, 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 and this. I don't say, hey, Shanair, how you doing? I feel like when someone is saying, hey, how you doing? It's like, okay, don't butter me up. Just get right to it. But even like something as small as that, we don't check in before we get to the purpose of the contact. So I just think that is just weird as well. I mean, we kind of touched on a lot just in these 14 minutes and 50 seconds. Um, So I'm going to ask you, you guys, you broke down, you know, the dynamic between your parents and everything. But who do you feel like showed you the most love as a child? Who did you feel like gave you that unconditional love they showed it you felt it you knew you never had to question was it your parent if it wasn't your parent was it a cousin was it an uncle was it an aunt was it a friend who was that person that no matter where you were they made sure they showed you that proper unconditional love and affection and I'm not just saying it because it's it's your podcast, but I have two individuals that that applies to. One is my mother, just like hands down. I was like a daddy's girl, mm-hmm. but I'm like mommy's baby. Uh-huh. If if that makes like it's like no matter. My mom, like I mentioned, she did have a battle with drug addiction, and thank God she's over. 10, 13 years clean from all that. But, and of course my father loved me, all that is great, but you know, we have our parents and mom was just my parent. But outside of that household, it was actually Nayanara's mom. 
And like to this day, she that's why she's my favorite cousin. Like, and she's older than me, of course. So she don't look it. She looks good. But no matter where she was and where I was and what was going on, out of everybody in our community, I, I call her Reds, y'all. That's Reds. But Reds was my one. Like it didn't matter. And she has six. Y'all heard she got six kids. I felt like number seven. Like it didn't matter. Like I knew for even to this day that Riz is like my second mom. Like I love some Riz and I know that Riz love me like that. Cause not cause y'all here, but that's really like, that's really who it was. Like getting my hair done. My mom had was on one of them binges and dad around the street at the bar. I'm downstairs with her and her kids. So with Nana, we all hanging out like that's I'm with Riz. So that was my, those are my two. Um, I would definitely say my Uncle Michonne and my Aunt Juanita. It doesn't matter where I was, what I did, where I did it. It They were, they loved me. They showed me that. They told me that all the time, all the time. So definitely my Aunt Juanita. Yeah, I definitely see Uncle Michonne would always, y'all would have that moment. It, it was, whenever there was a family gathering, it was a moment where y'all used to just be, um, to yourselves, I would personally have to say, my godfather, my uncle Mike. I just, oh Jesus, he. It's no matter what, like just period. Like he always checked in. I felt like I can talk to him about anything. Like we would just straight talk. Like I would just say what it was. He, no matter what, I felt it. He showed it. We didn't talk every day, but when I did, it just felt refreshing. It was, even as a child, they always showed that nurturing. Even his wife, Ma and Tessa, like when I was younger, they always, even her voice was very nurturing. They were very nurturing. Like she always made sure, like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you guys feel like anything was missing as far as receiving love? For me, like I said, I'm an only child. So what was missing for me was company. Because, well, I mean, I had friends. We were, you know, we are small country town girls. So it's a community down there. So, of course, you have, you know, friends that you play with. You, Like I said, you guys are my cousins. So you were like right there. But um, just in the household, I was the only child. So when the parents are there and they have friends over, I'm in the back of my room by myself. So even though we've had some moments of quality time, again, as a child, I wish I had more interaction. Um, and then my grandmother, who was a very key component, um, which is my paternal grandmother, um, she was definitely hands on. But again, she was in her 80s and all that. So and she's from a whole different era. OK, she's from I'm pressing out my slacks. You want to see that starch mark and sweaters are on and chicken is boiled. So <laughs> she's a whole different bracket. But um, I just felt like more company, more interaction. I always wanted a sibling and it was like, for me, that was something that I really did. And I know it's different because when you have a sibling, you're like, uh, and you have your good and bad. But when you don't have that person, you feel like something's missing. Um, so for me, it was just a little bit more company um, and quality time. Definitely qual quality time for my father and my mom. Uh, my mom was really, really busy. Um, but still, I needed her time. I, I felt like I needed my mother's time. Um, my dad wasn't around, but I mean, I had my siblings. Y'all was cool and all, but I felt like I definitely needed my parents to pay a little bit more attention to me, to get to know me more. Like right now I'm having a hard time getting to know my dad. Like I just feel like you just don't know me. You know what I mean? 
I definitely would have to agree with that for me too. I would definitely think the quality time was missing because I never felt unloved by my mother, even though there wasn't any affection. I never felt like she did not like me. She didn't understand me. I didn't never thought that she regretted having me. I never felt that from her, but I would definitely think the quality time was definitely missing. And I think that I often felt misunderstood. And I felt like if quality time was given, you would have understood or tried to understand. And I would have to say that for my dad too. I think I felt like quality time was missing. I felt like he could have made more of an effort to try to get to know me and to understand, to break through that barrier. I mean, I feel like, you know, if we got to know each other, we could have gotten close as a kid instead of waiting till now where we're both mature enough to address certain issues and talk it through and to get to know each other. Um, yeah, I would have to say like, yeah, that was definitely something that was missing the the quality time just to get to know because you can love somebody but by you getting to know somebody, in my opinion. So that brings me to my next question then. So we talked about how it was presented to us, how it was shown to us, who showed it, who didn't show it, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. But has your experience, like your upbringing with, being either exposed to love and affection or not being exposed to it enough has it affect how you show love and affection today like how do you show someone that you love them? I what do you do have a hard time with that especially within my relationship I remember in the beginning I used to hit my boyfriend a lot that was my way of showing him that I loved him it was playful I wasn't Right. But I would do the most silliest, childish things to show affection instead of just me just, you know, giving him a hug or a kiss or simply words. No, I wanted to hit. That was my way (laughs) of showing that. I And he hated it. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was (laughs) it. It's now that I have a child. I tell my child every day, like, I love you. I tell him all the time, every single day. It's just those conversations, those things that I'm going to do differently with my kid. I'm, yeah, I have a hard time with showing love and that affection. But the things that I do now that I'm more ca- cautious of it, I can say, um, I kind of just say it. Like, I, you know, I love you. Or, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm working on communicating, I should say. You verbalize it. And then the affection goes, show affection? Or are you still working on that as well as far as? Well, and this is kind of off topic, so I'm sorry, but I just had a baby and that kind of left me. So I'm work, I am have to like redo it all because it, it totally left. Oh, wow. And how old is your son? We know how old he is, so precious. But just for the record, how He's old is he? 18 months. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. He's just started Growing. taking steps, y'all. Mm-hmm. And it's it's on. It's on now. So Jasmine, to you, has your experience with how you described how love and affection operated in your household, who you feel loved you, who you felt like didn't, what was missing, yada, yada, yada. Has that had an effect on how do you show love and affection today? How do you show it? If y'all could see me, I'm here shaking my head, just reflecting. (laughs) (laughs) 
just reflecting on the shenanigans, but um, it definitely played a key component in how I operated and still currently how I operate. Um, it made me really reserved. I always say I had this guard up and growing up in my household, it gave me the feel of it's hard to trust. And if I can't trust my immediate family who brought me into the world, who love me and all that, how can I trust someone that I have to get to know? Um, so that definitely created differences and imbalances and uh, anger in how I did um, my relationships or even as friendships or, you know, male and female. So um, I had hard times communicating. I had, um, you know, issues with showing affection that I knew in my mind. Like I knew what I wanted to do, but it was hard to execute it because I didn't want to have, I didn't want to get that rejection. You know what I'm saying? Like in my mind, when I would see my boyfriend, I would be like, oh my God, I want to run and like give him a hug. But then I'm like, let me just play it cool because I don't know how he gonna, you know what I mean? And I never wanted to give somebody space or throw something in my face. So I always kept my guard up, you know, and then once I got to know him a little bit, I would be a little bit more softer, but not so much. And, you know, my, my, I don't want to say my record because I wasn't this horrible person, but a lot of people tell me that I was pretty ruthless from high school into my first college. Um, And I have to look back and agree with that because I didn't know how to express love. I didn't know how to say or be gentle. I just knew how to like keep it black and white. Like, you knew if I liked you and you knew if I didn't. I'm not saying that's a great trait, guys. It's really not, but it's honest. Now, coming forward into my second college in Salisbury, I really got to know God more. Um, and once I found the love of God and with great teaching from my foundation and, and, and my pastor at that time, um, I've learned how to redirect that. I've learned how to get rid of anger, get rid of bitterness and get rid of all this that was inside that I had to deal with. Um, and with the love of God, it really helped me. Once I let go of that anger and the bitterness and the rejection and the guardedness, I really felt like, you know what? This is too much. God, you can have it back. I, I'm done with it. And so it helped me, you know, to progress. Um, and then just, you know, scurrying on forward I wasn't, I still wasn't the best. I still had some guards up. I had trust issues. I was still like, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. And that's just what it is. But, um, it changed when I met my husband. Um, and it's funny because my cousin actually said that and she's sitting here in front of me, but she did mention, she was like, yeah, you, you've really changed like in a good way you've changed. And it's like, never say when I was dating, it was more guarded, more like, hey, how you doing? A couple punches here, you know, a couple little hit hits there. Um, and he used to call me like a gentle thug. And I'm like, thugs aren't gentle. But nevertheless, he's a whole <laughs> other situation. But as I got to know him, I really became a wife. And I went from being independent to being, um, you know, feeling okay to be dependent. That's, you know, it's a thing because when you're in a household that doesn't give you all you need, you feel like if I don't do it, it won't get done. Mm -hmm. So that related to my relationship to the point that 
I had to get gas. I'm gonna just be quick. I had to get gas one day. My check wasn't in. If y'all understand what I'm talking about, yeah. it, it ain't all ends ain't always there. It ain't right, always met. Right, right. But I was dating him at the time, and I had a hard time asking him yeah. for some gas money. And the here's what's dumb, y'all. I was working on this corner, like women in the childcare. It was on the corner. Let me rephrase that, but <laughs> that didn't come out right. So I was on a, in the childcare. It was on the corner. Directly across the street was the gas station. So I had enough gas to make it to the big gas pump, but not to put gas in. So um, ain't that dumb? So I was like, "What am I gonna do?" So I, you know, I hit him up, and he was like, "Are you serious?" He was so upset that I allowed my tank to even get under half without asking him. So then when he brought it, and when he, you know, took my car, got the gas, got a detail, just he went ahead and had to file. I'm gonna pay you back on Friday. He was like, "You're gonna do what?" He said, what did you, and then he actually schooled me, which is how I knew he was, you know, one of a top contender, is that he let me know if I'm your man and we're together, it's my job to make sure you're okay first. And I was looking at him like, oh, this is different. Now, given I've never had a bad guy friend or boyfriend, but it was never to this level. So I had to learn through him. And as I got closer to God, oh. It's really okay to trust your partner. It's really okay like to I depend did, on someone without being with needy. You because I definitely wasn't um, one who showed how she felt. I never communicated it. I never showed it. I would cringe. Um, and that was a problem for me in certain relationships. It was always the complaint of you don't show me affection like and it was a thing where the person felt like that it was because of them personally and I'm like dude it has nothing to do with you it's totally me I it, it was cringe I would cringe holding his hand not because it was him but it's so uncomfortable but I forced myself to do it because you know, that's what you're supposed to do but while I'm swinging this man's hand I am like oh my God, like this is like, it, I I don't want to go as far as say it was like anxiety, but I mean, I got nervous and like, even like I would want to say something to him or I would want to like express myself. But when it came to those thoughts and those feelings from my heart coming to my mouth, oh no, I'm not about to look dumb out here in these streets. That's what I used to say. Like I didn't want to look weak or vulnerable and also in our household to be emotional was kind of depicted as being weak. Like don't be weak for no man. Don't, don't be out here just pouring your heart out and you know, cause at any given time he can pick up and go, what you going to do? You know? So I really had a hard time expressing love and affection for the opposite sex as well as my friends. I feel like with maturity is gotten better. Um, you know, I'm single holla at me. Um, so I haven't had too much practice. I got showing love and affection, I guess. So I won't know until I'm in that predicament. I feel like, you know, like Jasmine said, you know, God has definitely had his hand when it came to removing those barriers and that 
part of me that felt insecure as a person. And I feel like that quality time that I was missing that played into why I felt insecure as a woman, as a girlfriend, as a person, because I wasn't confident enough enough to be like, oh, this is my man. Let me hold his hand. Let me rub you. No, this is my man. I'm here. I'm his girlfriend. How are you? I was never that confident and secure in myself. I mean, I think that, you know, my exes, they did an okay job with, you know, showing affection, showing that I was their girlfriend. But me, I just still didn't feel that way. And I, so I feel like God has definitely had his hand when it came to like breaking down those barriers and that insecurity, even that rejection of not feeling loved enough, not feeling worthy because I wasn't given that quality time or I felt like I was overlooked in a sense. Um, but all I can do y'all is just to keep trying. I definitely show love more and me learning my love languages, which is what we're going to get into next. It opened up the fact that I wasn't so shut off as I thought I was because the whole time I was showing love, but it was a miscommunication between the languages. So with all that being said, ladies, what is your love language? And I'm going to break it down into two. What is the love language that you like to receive to show that you're loved? And what is the love language that you show to others to try to let them know that you love them? Era mentioned a little bit ago that um, having a child changed some things with her and her relationship. And I can uh, concur. Um, I just had a child. She's five months old, growing so fast. But I took a... um, I don't know if most of you don't know, but there's a love language quiz that you can take for single, married, or what have you. Um, and I took it before I had a baby. Me and my husband, we were dating at the time, and we just kind of wanted to take it exactly for what Nay is talking about to kind of see what our language was. One, because it's like a popular thing to do when you're in a couple, um, and also to kind of understand how each other loves. Um, so before I had a baby, my top one was quality time. Like I enjoy spending time, whether it's just sitting on the couch. I'm really like a homebody Um, sitting on the couch watching a movie. I don't mind, you know, cooking dinner for the pair of us or whatever. But my thing is really quality time. Like I mentioned before, I felt like company was what was missing in my household. And I think that plays into account as to why I was into quality time the most. Um, And then after that was words of affirmation again, before I had my daughter, which is, of course, as a female, when you don't hear um, those words of affirmation when you're younger, when you're in high school, when you're whenever growing up, they're lacking. And I think that's what plays a key into where you are now. Now, after I had my daughter, um, I took the test again. Me and my husband actually just did this in January because we both noticed a change in me. I became really self-conscious and I needed to hear, babe, you look great today. You know what? You're a great mom today. Like you, you're doing, and he was like, I understand. So now it's like those words of affirmation mean a whole lot more um, than before. And then physical touch is second because now that I don't feel as secure, I need to be reassured that, you know, I'm still cute. I still got it after being a mom. Came really did for me. I had to learn his language because his language is not the same as mine. His is physical touch before words of affirmation. So he needs to be hugged. He needs to be reassured because now my focus is my baby. But in that, you can't forget your partner because I mean, there men are not babies, but y'all get lost. (laughs) Y'all get dropped to the side. So. 
um, I had to learn what his language was, which was the physical touch of being like a hug or like a little, hey, babe, how you doing? We got a little handshake that we do. That's just what we do. So it's just being reassured also that, hey, buddy, I forget about you. I know you're there. So, you know, those things, um, you do have to learn your significant other or even your friend's love language just to communicate with them because everyone's not like you. I would definitely say quality time, quality time. And, um, I don't know what my second one was. I mean, I guess because I'm not really a touchy feely person right now. I'm not really into, I've never been into gifts. You know what I mean? Um, I guess I can say acts of service, acts of service. I can say that. I mean, as you all know, I try to do everything I can to help people all the time, all the time. Um, I, I, I do. I take a lot of pride in um, mine. The way I show love is acts of service. I feel like we kind of get that from mom, though, because that's how she does. Like, she don't tell people that she loves them. But if there's anything that somebody needs, she's there. So she's that type of person which I think we kind of favor her in that aspect I'm definitely I don't go all out for people not everyday people but if you're somebody that I really rock with and I really care about I definitely go over and beyond like if you need me I'm I'm in the car I guess it is important for your partner or your friends to know that so they can understand you know what you're trying to convey by doing those things what I'd like to receive, I would have to say words of affirmation and also, I don't think it's changed, but just finding out what my love language is like a couple months ago, I would like to receive words of affirmation and um, physical touch. There are some days where I just need a hug, child. I I had a hard day. I just need, I just been feeling like that. I just literally need a hug sometimes. It's not all the time. Like, I, you know, don't be concerned. But um, it's some days where it's just been rough. Like, you know what? I just need just a hug, just about three seconds. And I could just go ahead. Words of affirmation, I feel like, has always been a thing for me, which explains why when people would say things that are mean to me, it broke my little spirit. It broke my heart. It just made me, it affected me way more than someone doing something to me. Like, you can... I don't know what physical thing you could do to somebody that's not that serious. Like if you can, you can bump me and I probably be upset, but like I would be really upset if you call me out my name or you lie on me or something like that. Now it's really time to go before I go to prayer. I've changed. So, okay. So we're going to touch on lastly, I don't have children. So it's actually a personal question of mine to you since you guys are newly parents what do you guys plan on doing to ensure that your children receive the proper love and affection? And both of you are, which is great. You know, I hope you guys don't mind, but both of your children are actually in two parent households and changing that dynamic gives a balance because I know me, I had to, I had to adjust. It was subconsciously. I had, my mom would call it, you showing off because you came back. Like I literally had to 
adjust. I was used to, I was two different people. I was more lively, more comfortable with my mom and them. I spoke, I, I said anything. I did anything. I was comfortable being myself. But when my dad picked me up, I was this quiet person. I just didn't talk. I didn't communicate. I only spoke when I was spoken to and I tried my best to stay out the way and I wasn't comfortable so much. Um, but I literally remember myself had to mentally adjust. Do you guys, or how will you, um, ensure that your children, my nephew and my God baby receive the proper love and affection from you and your partners, partner, excuse um, me. We ensure that we're on the same page. Um, meaning me and my spouse, we're definitely on the same page as what's important for the child. You know, like she's the priority. And let me just be clear. We have three children, one that we have together and two um, from a previous marriage. But we have three kids. So the thing is for us, they are our priority. And what we talked about is making sure we give them love, the unconditional love. I I know Nara had this mentioned, like, even for me, she's five months old, but I make sure to tell her I love her, if not every five seconds. Like, it's just like, I mean, not to, she, she's just so cute, but um, I just can't help that. But just genuinely, I want her to know that she's loved. We make sure that she feels that, that she knows that, even when it comes to family who's not near. Um, Like Nay just mentioned, when you're in different households, you can feel two different type of ways. But we want to give her that comfort that if you're with Mama and Pop Pop or Mama Lee and Poppy Lee, which is the other grandparents, um, you're comfortable. If you're with, you know, your auntie over here, your tata over there, you're comfortable. So... We're ensuring that where we incorporate prayer, we incorporate, you know, reading stories, education, little videos and things like that, because I didn't have that. Like I had to learn my education from school, from watching TV. Again, my granny was in her 80s. She knew arithmetic. She didn't know algebra. And then just agreeing to have um, open communication with our children. So we don't want it to be like speak when you're spoken to. But in respect, tell me how you feel. Now, we got a foundation. Be respectful because you can still get popped in that. You can get corrected. But make sure that they have an open form of how to express themselves. Um, I would say, so I just want to say this real quick. When I was young, I had a lot of fear. I was scared of mom. I know that sounds crazy, but I was scared, scared of her. her. Yes. I don't know how you got in trouble so much. Listen, the, yep. <laughs> That's she it. Watched. I'm the youngest. I was watching every, I was terrified of, that's, I was, I'm just going to say this, mama, I'm sorry. I was very sneaky. I was very, I was in fear because I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I just, mom was scary. <laughs> <laughs> she would go off and I'm not, a, I hate when people yell at me. That makes me sad. So my mom was a yeller. She would literally go in on me. You feel what I'm saying? But it's, just, it's certain things with Josiah, my son, that I just won't do. I want to have, like you said, the open communication. I don't want him to be scared of me. I don't want that. I want him to be like, I want him to call me when he in trouble. I don't want you to be scared to, uh, no, call your, I want to keep that open. I want him to have trust. I don't want him to be Fear is a big thing for me. So that's just one thing that I'm really going to work with him with. And still myself, I still have a lot of fear. But um, also, I, 
telling him I love him every day. That's something I do. Um, I said open communication. I just think definitely I remember Tamar after she committed, I'm mean, trying to commit suicide. She said that from that point on, she would do roses and thorns with her son at the end of every day to see how good his day was and how bad it was. And if it was bad, what can you do to fix it that it won't happen again? So it's definitely, I want to do that with Joe at the end of every day after school. I want to check in with him. Yeah. I, just to get, I want to get to know him. I want to get to know my son. Just to get, I want to get to know him. I did look on the website. We didn't want to just go by our personal opinions, even though they are valid. Um, according to parents.com, uh, they listed a couple of ways where you can show your child love. And I'm just going to name a few for those of you who, you know, are curious, you know, um, of course, like they said, listen to your kid. Your child wants to know that they're important to you. Have fun together. That's that quality time. Hug them more. That's the affection. Go for small gestures. Get to know your kid. Feel your kid out. Know what they need. I remember mom said that she knew what each kid, she knew how to handle each kid. Some kids were more sensitive. Some kids needed her more. So she knew kind of how to handle, even though there still was some, love and affection that was missing but um you know i think there's just um layers to all of this um include your kid in family decisions okay um pay attention to all your kids equally that's important if you have multiple especially if you have multiple by different fathers because you know in our household we had different dads you know my dad was one of the dads that would come and pick me up and, you know, for the other kids, you know, that could be a thing. You know, I came, I left, I went with my dad often. He definitely came through on that part. Like, and I would come back with gifts, various gifts, sneakers, all that, that they're wearing now. I had all of that. So, I mean, it's definitely important to pay attention to all of your kids, if they are by ba- by different fathers, if they're not all by, if they are by the same dads or if they're not, um, because that can honestly be a thing that the other kids can hold resentment towards the other child for what happened with their parents. So um, realize family dynamics matter and understand material things don't equate to love. Y'all, we made it through. Our very first episode with On Cue with your host, Kwane. Um, I just want to thank you all for choosing to click whatever it is you clicked, whether that was on Podbeam, Amazon Music. Um, what's the other ones? <laughs> uh, Google, Apple, whatever it was. I thank y'all so much. Um, We really got something said, but I thank y'all so much who chose to listen, whether you had to take a step back and then come back to it or you listen to it all the way through. Again, be sure to tune in every Wednesday at 12.04 p.m. on either Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, or even Amazon Music. And go ahead and subscribe so you'll be ready for next week's episode. We're going to touch base on love in all the wrong places. We're going to touch base on attachment theories we're going to touch base on you know what we look for in a partner what was taught to us look for to look for in a partner things like that again y'all 
This is On Cue with Kwane. I'm your host. Thank you all again for tuning in. I look forward to talking to y'all soon. Peace.